0: On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewers Extra Innings. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City, here's Greg A you
1: know, Disappointing finish to an otherwise very entertaining series of Brewers baseball against the Red Sox at Fenway Park. 7-2 the final this afternoon. Five under and run plated for the Red Sox in uh, what turned out to be kind of a, a disaster slow bleed of a fifth inning. Chasing Aaron Ashby, a Colton Wong air, really opening the floodgates as the Brewers fall to 57-45. Welcome in. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik. We'll go to 5 o'clock tonight and be happy to take your calls at 855 616 one that is the acunate mortgage talk and text line uh gonna do things a little different tonight we all are gonna have jerry augustine join us coming up in just a few minutes we will go through the highlights of today's game we'll also hear from brewers manager craig council i but i do want to spend some time here on the trade deadline as there will not be another brewers extra innings until after the trade deadline has expired no game for the brewers tomorrow they'll pick up the road trip on tuesday night against the pirates in pittsburgh and by that time There could be a different complexion to this Brewers roster. Uh, We know David Stearns is spending time in Milwaukee as the Brewers are uh, in Boston. It's a pretty serious deal, right, if David Stearns doesn't go to Boston. uh, He went to Harvard right in his backyard, very familiar with the place, and Fenway Park certainly has some meaning to him. But now Stearns, Matt Arnold, and the rest of the Brewers front office hanging out in Milwaukee this weekend trying to fortify the rosters. So we'll try and analyze the trade deadline, market what could make sense for the Milwaukee Brewers. Be anxious to hear your thoughts on that as well. What do they need? Not necessarily a name, although if you have one, I'd be happy to hear it. But what makes sense here for the Brewers as you analyze this team, still in first place by three games over the Cardinals, entering the stretch run. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line if you'd like to join us here. Uh, Aaron Ashby Start today. I want to talk to Augie more about this. He'll join us coming up in the next segment. You know, I hesitate to to say he was cruising along, and it sort of felt to me like Eric Lauer's start the other night where, you know, zero's on the scoreboard, but, boy, the pitch count seemed a little elevated. And that's been a common theme, I think, for Lauer and Ashby. You know, somewhat inexperienced left-handers, Ashby more so than Lauer. Uh, But three walks for Ashby today, he was able to sort of work around the traffic that he had put on the bases, and things were moving along. And, you know, two outs in the fourth, uh, or in the fifth, and you're thinking, boy, if this guy can get you through six innings, you're in really good shape here uh, with the back end of the bullpen, maybe protecting that 2 nothing lead. But no, uh, a seemingly innocent play resulted in, in a Colton Wong air, and then it was a doubles parade for the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, in looking at each one of the doubles hit, I, these were not rockets hit off the monster, right? 88 miles per hour off the bat, 89 off the bat, 92 off the bat. Uh, some better hit than others, but it wasn't like missiles were being hit left and right off Aaron Ashby. Uh, They found some holes, found some luck, were able to scoot around the base pass and get to second base, but it was a doubles parade against Ashby in that fifth inning. So he lasts four and two-thirds because of the air, five runs score in that inning, all unearned, Ashby and Hobie Milner on the mound in that frame. But 14 extra pitches for Ashby as well, so you look from uh, a standpoint of kind of cruising along, looking like he could get into the, the sixth inning, perhaps, to game over for Aaron Ashby and, re, and really the Brewers as the Red Sox put up five unearned runs. Nonetheless, Brewers are 7-2 and two since the All-Star break, 57-45, three-game lead over the Cardinals with a day off tomorrow, entering a road series against the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Got some good news regarding Freddie Peralta. We will get to that on the other side. Also, We'd love to hear from you at 855-616-1620. Just getting started here. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
1: So the hit parade slows down for the Milwaukee Brewers this afternoon. They fall to the Boston Red Sox 7-2 the final at Fenway Park. Having a very entertaining series, some late-inning drama for the Brewers uh, avoided with their ability to score runs in the later innings, specifically the ninth, and an opportunity to do that again today. just fell a little bit short. Eleven hits for the Brewers. There was traffic on the base pass, but just two runs to show for it. A hunter Renfro for a home run in the second. That was it for the Brewers. Meanwhile, the Red Sox scored five on to earn in the fifth inning, I had six doubles and eight hitters, which is not common. <laughs> Just you don't see that terribly often. Uh, I think seven hits and nine at-bats total for the Red Sox in that fifth and sixth inning. So uh, sort of clustered was their offensive onslaught today. Uh, but, again, much of it unearned against Aaron Ashby and Hobie Milner as uh, Colton Wong-Air sort of opened the floodgates here for the Red Sox. Eight five five six one six one six twenty, the Acadet Mortgage Talk in text line. As we welcome in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Jerry, I was talking about Aaron Ashby's performance today. I I feel like he's fallen on a little bit of hard times here and some tough luck. I I don't know that the record really means anything anymore with Ashby. His stuff is there. He just wasn't able to get himself out of the gym. He wasn't able to pick himself up, I guess, after the air. That's when things kind of went south. What did you make of his performance today?
2: Well, I think when you, when you talk about it, Aaron Ashby, you talk about the maturation of a young pitcher and that educational part that he needs. I always say that when you talk about pitching and their development, first, it's the, the physical part, the three Ps, uh, the physical part of it. Is he physically in shape? Ready to go. There's no question about that with Aaron Ashby. Secondly, does he have the pitches? Does he have that makeup? And he does. He's got a great breaking ball. He's got a slider and a curveball. He's got the changeup, the two-seam fastball, the four-seam fastball. The makeup is there. But the toughest part in a major league level is that planning, is that educational part, that makeup that you have to have when you go into a game and, and setting a game plan and keeping that good focus. And I thought today was just a case where his changeup early in the ball game was just fantastic. He got several strikeouts with it. He's locating it real well. And as the game went along, I think he got he started using it maybe a little bit too much, got it in a couple bad locations, got behind a couple hitters, and the changeup in the off-speed pitches end up being uh, his demise a little bit. God, one thing about being able to have pitches is how you plan to use them and I think Aaron Ashby is a, a pitcher that you're going to see is going to be a guy that uses his fastball, is able to locate it and then as he goes along in the game can really use that change up, these curveball and the, and, the cu- and the cutter or the uh, slider if you want to say and that when he gets that all together, gets in that good game plan, focused and is able to execute he's going to be very good.
1: Augie, where does he fit in the postseason? Is he likely a a non-starter but high-quality option in the middle part of a game? Maybe you don't have to go to guys like Strizlecki or Trevor Gott or maybe even Milner, who knows. But is he a guy who sort of slides into that non-starter but we need you sort of category?
2: Well, I think the first thing we've seen out of Aaron Ashby is his versatility. And uh, he showed that when he first came up and, you know, being able to go to the bullpen and throw the ball very well. And that's pretty special when you can come out of that bullpen and give your team some strong outings, which he has done several times this year. That's so important. I think when you look at, at with Aaron Ashby, the Brewers' attitude with him, with him right now is to get him as many starts as he can get to, to the part not with the like I talked about the three Ps the the physical and the in the in the pitch makeup but more that planning that focus the execution and being able to get on a, on a uh, routine that you pitch back-to-back starts and get that I think that's really important for him now I think the Brewers are doing a smart thing by starting him but I think when we get closer to the playoffs and you get Peralta healthy and a Hauser healthy and you figure out what you want to do with this rotation he has that ability to go to bullpen and come in and pitch multi-innings. Anybody who can come in and pitch multi-innings and keep a score where keep a score intact can be a a huge value to you, not only during the finish of the season, but in the playoffs.
1: I think Ashby's starts better than it looks on paper overall, cruising along until that fifth of Colton Wong Air. Sort of opened the floodgates. Then it was a doubles fest. I want to get into that coming up on the other side. Been a strange defensive year for a very good infielder in Colton Wong. Also, trade deadline thoughts. We want to get your thoughts on what you think makes sense for the Brewers. A lot of notes coming in on the text line here. We'll get to those coming up in just a moment. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Greg and Augie on WTMJ.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 2-2, 2-2, two two, Ashby checks his runners and throws. Swain a line drive down the left field line. It's a fair ball and in the corner. One run is in. Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be sent around. He's going to score. And Xander Bogarts has tied the game
1: with a two-run double. Yeah, the Red Sox will take a lead at a very short moment after. Four straight run-scoring doubles for the Red Sox in the fifth inning. They chase Aaron Ashby. They get to Hobie Milner and ultimately take the lead and go on to win. 7-2 the final as uh, the Brewers fall to 57-45 and with the loss this afternoon. Greg Matzik and Jerry Augustine with you. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. You know, all those doubles come through, Augie. Because of an error by Colton Wong, he's had sort of a, a strange defensive season if you consider just how brilliant he has been throughout his career. You know, floodgates kind of opened after that. You know, you've been on the mound in that situation where you feel like you've got an easy play, you should be able to get out of an inning, but all of a sudden you start throwing extra pitches. I, how did you feel Ashby handled that situation? Was it the Red Sox just hitting pitches that, hey, tip your cap, or, or was. He, in your opinion, rattled by that situation.
2: You know, I, he's still learning. I, I think young pitchers are going to go out there and they're going to try different things uh, when things happen. I first of all I thought Colton on the uh, on the play got you know the one thing that a second baseman is supposed to do when you're getting or receiving a ball stretch towards the ball and he got out a little bit too far and then he was mishandled a little bit and that those things do happen. But I, I think one thing as a young pitcher, you go out and you try to recover from that. You by recovering you want to make up for the for the error that that happened. You want to Show that that person who made the error. Hey, I'll pick you up, no problem. And sometimes you start overthrowing the ball. And I thought the problem he had is you look at the hits that happened after the doubles. There were a lot of off-speed pitches. I, I believe that you look at the doubles. There were four in that first inning. There were a lot of those four doubles that were hit in that fifth inning. Were either a, a, a breaking ball or a changeup that was up over the middle the plate. And that's just trying to be too fine. And that's that educational part. That that thing that that uh, that Aaron Ashby learned. As he, as he goes along in his career to say, hey, you know what? I don't have to be too fine. I have to stay within myself, pitch the ball where I'm capable of, and, and go right after the hitters. And I I just thought he got a couple of balls in the middle of the plate, and, uh, and the Boston Red Sox put some good swings on him.
1: Yeah, a note from the 262 on the text line here, what's with all the errors uh, here for Wong? It's been a kind of a strange season, as I mentioned. A note from Andy saying, is it just me or is it more infield errors than usual than it used to be for the Brewers this season? Yeah, I guess I'd have to go through and, you know, analyze game by game what's happening here and, uh, you know, what's happening to the pitcher on the back end of that. I, these are not the Jonathan VR days of infield, right? <laughs> it's just, it's not like that. I, I still think the Brewers are, are pretty solid defensively up the middle. I think Rowdy Telez is maybe underappreciated. I think he's a fine defender. He's not a gold glover, but a fine defender. Up the middle is where David Stearns and Matt Arnold really like to be strong, and I, I think that's referenced in their the way they draft, uh, quite frankly. Uh, but up the gut, through center field, Omar Narvaez has improved, I think, behind the plate. I Occasionally get a bizarre throw and bad hop at first from Willie Adamas or from Luis Arias. I don't look at defense as a liability. It certainly shows up today, Augie, but defensively, overall, I feel like the Brewers have improved over the last couple of years.
2: Oh, I think they've improved immensely. I think the one thing that Craig also, when he came over here, wanted to improve year by year was to improve the defense. You can, you, you can have the great pitching staff. And, you know, you know, Greg, you and I have talked a lot, and I've told you each and every day that I talk to you that I still believe that the Brewers have the best pitching staff in all of baseball. But you have to complement your pitching staff. You have to be strong defensively, and I think the Brewers have that. And I think they do have a good defense. Adamas has made some fantastic plays. Sometimes when you rush you try to do things a little bit too quick. That's when errors happen. It's a being able to, to take the ball, get to the ball and really slow the game down. And that's that phrase is heard so much. It doesn't mean that you really slow down that much. It means that you gotta think in your mind, I'm gonna slow the game down, I'm gonna make the play and make and make a good throw. And you know, from time to time that is gonna happen. But we've seen Colton Wong make some just fantastic plays at at second base and I think the the Brewers defensive is real good. I think when you see what they have done not only in the infield, but in the outfield as well. They are playing strong defensive. They make the other team earn their runs, and I think that's the way they have to play the rest of the season, especially having this good pitching staff.
1: Let's grab a phone call here. It's Ryan from Wawatosa joining us on Brewers Extra Innings. Appreciate you holding, Ryan. Welcome to the show.
2: Uh, Thanks for having me, Greg. Um, My concern is, yeah, we're off to a great start uh, in the second half, but it's against... Inferior teams are the Twins, but they're starting to fade. Um, I just, we're still struggling with runners in scoring position today. What, 11 hits? And we only got two runs. The other night, I think we were 4 of 17. The game we won about a week ago, I think we were 2 of 17. Uh, that's fine. If we can get away with it against the lesser teams. We beat up on the Reds and the Pirates, but when we go against the Mets, the Dodgers, who are all coming, Yankees, uh, we're going to struggle. And our pitching staff is great, but if we can't hit, they've got just as good pitching, if not better, and better hitting than we do. So I'm concerned that we're going to be looking at a one-and-done again unless we make a move or something here in the next couple of days to boost the offense. So that's kind of where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, Ryan. I, there will be moves made. I want to get into that more coming up with Augie in a, in a couple of minutes. Here we've got a lot of nuggets on the text line I want to get to regarding the trade deadline. I guess that's what David Stearns has to figure out here, Augie. It's been a run-scoring binge here since the All-Star break against teams that have a tendency to give up some runs, not electrifying pitching staffs, especially the back end of the bullpen. The Brewers exploited those opportunities. Uh, Today the offense slowed. They were slowed against the Twins uh, in the final game of that series as well. But David Stearns has to figure out, okay, are, are we the team that is scoring runs at will since the All-Star break, or are we the team that struggled to get to four runs per game on average leading up to the break? I mean, you look at it here in the Brewers. they got a batting average that is, you know, 11th or so in the National League, but they're top three in the league in runs scored. Okay, so is that a product of what they've done recently, more so than, you know, everything else we've seen throughout the course of the season? He's got to figure out, what is this offense Is it the offense we've seen over the last week and a half, or is it more the offense uh, that struggled today? Uh, You know, Hunter Renfro, and, and that's about it, and scoring two runs. Where do you see this offense?
2: Well, I, I like the offense, and it, you know, Greg, I, I look at it uh, several ways. Hitting with runners in scoring position. When you look out throughout the league, there there might be one or two teams that are up there around that two seventy, two eighty, and then the rest of the league is all in that 240, uh, 235, and some lower than that. But I think the biggest thing about this ball club that I was looking at, they struggle at the end of the first half, or what I call before the All Star break, and with their at bats, and they're starting to. You see them a little bit better coming along, starting to put the ball in play sure yes they were hitting home runs this club is authentic for hitting home runs but they were starting to put the ball in play just a little bit since the ulcer break, what I like most about this club about this club is the productive at bats as the game goes along, and that's not only uh, talking about early in the game like the yesterday when they put they continuously put the add on runs. That's so important in the game. You no matter how many runs you score in the first three innings, you always got to do some add on runs later in the ball game, and that's so important. But each and every game that I've seen this ball club, as the game goes along, you see a better at bats, more productive at bats. I think productive of bats as the season goes along is going to help this club to be better at scoring runs, hitting with runners in scoring position, getting runners over and I think that's the most important thing and I'm seeing this club having some much better at bats later in the ball game and I think that's so important especially as we get to the stretch run
1: Doug on the text line says hey I like all the runs being scored but Show me if you can do it against lefties. This stretch of wins all against right-handed pitching. It's a point well taken, Augie, and I'll even take that a step further. You're going to see dominant pitching in the postseason, and and I don't think it's unfair to look at this team now through the eyes of where can they be, how far can they go uh, in the postseason. And and dominant pitching is everywhere in Major League Baseball. Man, if the pitcher is on, good luck. And and it's reflected, I think, league-wide. Specifically against lefties, it's, it's not been pretty for the Brewers at times this season. Lefties like Christian Yelich and Colton Wong are, are among the hotter hitters uh, over the last month or so. Their averages has, has risen. It's not easy against left-handed pitching, but that is something. There is something to that. It's been predominantly against righties that the Brewers have found some success.
2: Yeah, it's been that way over the last several years. You get a good left-handed pitcher that, that keeps the ball down and keeps it in the ballpark. Uh, you really have to go out and earn your runs. You have to get them on, get them over, and get them in. That's always very difficult to do on a consistent basis. And it, it is somewhat of a concern. And, and I agree with you. I think when you get to the postseason, it's pitching dominant. And you see it that way. And you know what's so interesting? that When you look at, at postseason play and, and you get you get into that, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's so much stepping up that sometimes you don't even think about. It's a guy coming up with a big home run or a guy coming up and getting hot and hitting, getting several base hits with runners in scoring position. And I think what you have to do is you just have to – continually work at getting productive at-bats. And I, I, I'll, I'm i going to say productive at-bats probably from now till end, into the end of the year because I think it's so important if you consistently give those productive at-bats, good things are going to work out for you. You're going to get some hits. You're going to move the runners over. You're going to get them in. And I think that's what's so important from this Booter Ball Club because in the past, I think the production of bats, those productive at-bats weren't there at the end of the season, weren't there in the playoffs, and that really caused this club a lot of problems. I'm not Seeing that this first, first part of the second half, it's going to be interesting as we get into the dog days of August and then get into that fun part of September, how that works out. And I think it's going to be a benefit for this ball club. I think, do I think they can use, need some help? Yeah, I think David Stearns and Matt Arnold are going to try everything in their power to get some help for this ball club and make this team better. But at the same time, I think productive at-bats with the people who are here are so important.
1: 7 2, the final today in Boston as the Brewers drop the series finale against the Red Sox. It's off to Pittsburgh for a three game series. No game tomorrow. It's travel day. Enjoy some time off in uh, the Pittsburgh area. Then it's game one of a three game series on Tuesday night. Got some good news regarding Freddie Peralta. We'll share that coming up on the other side. We'll also hear from Brewers manager Craig Council. Got some highlights as well. More Brewers extra innings after this on WTMJ.
0: This is Brewers extra innings on WTMJ. Stretch and pitch from Davis. Swing a line drive. Four for four for Hunter Renfro as he lines a bullet to left. Good day for Hunter Renfro. Five hits in his last six at-bats for the
1: Brewers right fielder. A bright spot for the Brewers today. In fact, the only run production of the day because of Hunter Renfro. Four for four, as Jeff mentioned, with a two-run home run. He's got a home run binge going on right now, certainly fortifying his position in the lineup and in right field. Hunter Renfro has home runs in six of nine games played since the All-Star break. Again, four for four today, albeit in a losing effort as the Brewers fall to the Red Sox 7-2 to two at Fenway Park. Greg Matzik and Jerry Augustine with you. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. If you'd like to reach us here on the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line, it's 855-616-1620. Of course, it is trade deadline time here in Major League Baseball. The next time we have a Brewers Extra Innings, this roster could look a little different here, Jerry. Got several notes popping in here on the text line. Uh, One from Doug saying, hey, I don't think the Brewers need a center fielder. What's wrong with Tyrone Taylor? Just let him play every day, and he produces. I think they should go infield. I've been hearing a little bit about Brandon Drury, put him at third, and maybe make Urias a super utility player. Let's start with the outfield, I guess, first. It's always an interesting time because the Brewers will be involved in a variety of discussions. You'll hear their name linked to players X, Y, and Z because I think that's the job of a general manager and a president of baseball operations what makes most sense to you, Jerry, as you look at this team, you know, looking to make a stretch run, still holding on to first place?
2: I think, uh, you know, when you're talking about David Stearns and teams that want to trade with the Brewers, the first thing that's going to come to mind is, let's break up this pitching staff. And I don't think that's one thing that David Stearns or Matt Arnold, Craig Council want to do. I think they want to keep everything intact. They know that with this pitching staff, that they go into each and every series. They got a chance of winning that series with what you put there on the mound, not only as a starter, but the rotation uh, they have out of that bullpen right now. They're throwing the ball very well. So I think when you talk about trades, it's going to be very difficult for them to make the trade that you want, and to maybe get a, a bona fide player that can come in and help you. But I also think that you can go out and you can get those guys, uh, uh, Andrew McCutcheon style, a veteran guy that you pick up a Cotsi like we've had over the years. You pick up these guys that come in. They're versatile. They can play multi positions, but yet they can hit from the they can hit from the right side, which I think they knew maybe use could use another right hand hitter and they can help this ball club. A veteran guy who can possibly not play every day but come off that bench and be a part of this ball club. I think that's where you kind of see this ball club making a move because I think most teams that trade with this ball club are going to break up that pitching staff.
1: So it's not going to be one move from David Stearns. It's not. Since the Brewers have been contenders under Craig Council, I mean it's been several moves, Augie, that he has found a way to pull off with varying degrees of success. I mean if you think about a couple years back, go to 2018, I think it's a good example. Gio Gonzalez was brought in to help you know, bridge a gap in the starting rotation. Mike Moustakis, probably the big name, and and that one sort of defied convention because, well, they had Travis Shaw, but they moved Shaw over to second base to make room for Moustakis and ultimately got him back the next season. So it wasn't just a rental. He came back in a free agent deal, a one-year deal. Joaquin Soria was acquired at the trade deadline, and and he helped fill a, a pretty big high leverage role in the back end of the bullpen. I think about Jordan Lyles and Drew Pomeranz, varying degrees of success, but both effective for the Brewers uh, a couple of years back. He, he's never just made one move, right? It's always been a series of moves, and the overwhelming majority have worked out. I, I can only think of a couple players who had, had, didn't really work out. Daniel Norris last year and Jonathan Scope didn't work out as intended. But aside of that, I, I think David Stearns has a, an excellent track record of adding to this roster at a time where they need a little bit of help.
2: I, in most of the trades that he has Mike, you talked about Jonathan Scopey, and, and you say, that, "Well, he didn't work out kind of like the Brewers wanted him work work out." Now he's back at Pitt, uh, down in back in Detroit, and he's playing very well. But he did hit a big home run, a grand slam home run. And I remember, I don't remember who was against that, really turned the Brewers around. That they were struggling a little bit. He had a big grand slam home run that got him going in a winning way. But you're right; it's usually not just one move. I think he's already started. When you look at picking up a guy like a Jake McGee, who's had 31 saves last year, and has come in and really throwing the ball very well just to give you more stability in that in that bullpen and I could see them getting a veteran right-handed reliever I could see someone from the right side coming in they're set on the left side they've got a really good uh, group of p- uh, pitchers on the left side but the right side I, you might see them go out and get a veteran guy like you like we've talked before but it's not going to be those top line guys they always go out and they get the guys that fit the mold of this team that meet that meet that uh, meet that meet the person of this ball club and yet are very productive you're exactly right they have made moves that have always been positive and I think that's one one thing that you have to credit that uh, both David Stearns and Matt Arnold they do such a great job of finding that guy who fits the fits the mold of this ball club and I'm sure there are going to be a couple moves it's going to get interesting in the next couple days
1: let's grab another phone call here it's Mike in Waukesha joining us on WTMJ hey Mike
3: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Enjoy your show. Um, Hey, I just wanted to call in and, um, I think a lot of this is on Craig council with, um, the lack of moving runners over uh, very rarely. Do you see a productive out, uh, leadoff, double strikeout. They never get them to third, um, boneheaded plays getting thrown out at, at home, getting picked off on second today. Um, I think the Brewers have a very nice team if they can get runners over and start adding on runs earlier in the game and not having to have the pressure of these these pitchers have to be almost perfect when we're not helping them out. But that's really all I had to say. And, uh, again, I enjoy your show, and I'll hang up and listen.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Mike. You know, I think that was I think that was more of a thing – In the first half of the season jerry and and i get it right that's that's a larger sample size it's only nine games in here post all-star break uh and today it didn't show up right the the ability to move the run over to the the clutch hit uh was elusive today for the brewers i wouldn't say that's been the case however since the all-star break um as the brewers have done a little bit more I, i guess you want to call them productive outs uh leading to runs being scored But I think it does underscore the point about the offense. Which one is it really? The one that's on a a bit of a tear right now, aside of a couple games, or the one that struggled to get to that four-run mark? And is the run-scoring environment different enough that Craig Council has to do some things a little different? Do more of the uh, the sacrificing it out, just to try and get a runner over to second. More hit and run, more stolen bases, things like that, which I know people love. Um, I I would say post-All-Star break, it, it's been better than it was previous to the or prior to the All-Star break, with productive outs, moving runners across, and mixing in the long ball.
2: You know, you know, Greg. I you made a, you brought a, a, a great point that it has been a lot better in the second half, and I think that's so important. But I think that's one thing that that Craig does with this ball club. It says be a good. Teammate, and by being a good teammate, you have to find out your ceiling. What are, what can you do to help this ball club be better? And in that, sometimes you use aggressive play, and that aggressive play allows you to go and try things that you can go out and find out. Hey, you know, here's where we can take a chance. Here's where we can't take a chance. Here's what I see out of these guys. Uh, Tyrone Taylor is a classic example. Runs the bases very well, and you get these guys at Christian Yelich. You can take more chances that way. Be a little bit more aggressive. But I think it's really important when we get into the, the end of July and the middle part of August and uh, getting towards the end of August where we get into September, which is such a, a big month in the game of baseball, is you find that, how, where can you take that aggressiveness? Where is that ceiling? How, how are we going to approach it? How are we going to play? And I think Craig Council challenges these players to find out, each and every one of them. make your Be a good teammate. Make your team better. But find out your ceiling, what your positive things, what you can and cannot do. And I think that's where this is going to be played such an important role with this ball club as we go along. We've already talked on the defensive side that they've improved themselves on the defensive side. Pitching, they have to stay aggressive. They got to get healthy in that starting rotation. That bullpen's got to come up and they got to come in the game and throw strikes and get ahead of hitters. And, you know, inherited runners, Where what have they had? 88 inherited runners, only 25 have scored. That's outstanding. They got to do those things. But it's the same thing on the offensive side. Hitting the ball, putting the ball in play, moving runners over, it's going to be very important.
1: 7-2 and two are the Brewers since the All-Star break. They fall to 57-45 and 45 with a loss today in Boston. Three-game lead over the Cardinals atop the division as uh, the Cardinals have got a little good thing going on right now as well. Brewers with an off day tomorrow. Then it's a three-game series against the Pirates to round out the road trip. Boggy, we appreciate your time. We'll see you when the team returns back to Milwaukee for Alumni Week. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Yeah, really looking forward to that. It starts on Thursday and Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing the, the guys from the 82, but thanks for having me. And uh, Brewers are, are, are going to a big series. I think Pittsburgh series is going to be a fun series to watch. They're back in the division, and you got to play well in your division.
1: Looking forward to it as uh, we continue on the stretch run here, hurtling toward the trade deadline. We'll hear from Brewers manager Craig Council coming up on the other side. Highlights to get to as well as we continue on Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. To make ourselves back to the Midwest, there's a drive in right center field. That's headed towards the triangle. Right into it, the Brewers catch a break as it goes over the fence on a bounce
1: for an automatic double for Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, it's a doubles pass for the Boston Red Sox in the fifth inning specifically. When they pounce on the Brewers and take the lead, a lead they would not give up. 7-2 the final as the Brewers fall to the Boston Red Sox. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to weigh in here on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. I uh, got a note from Mary saying, hey, Greg, why not bring up their top prospect, Jackson Chirillo, from A-ball to uh, fill a gap on this team? Well, he's 18 years old, and uh, he is the top-ranked prospect in the Brewers organization. However, his estimated arrival time in the major leagues is not until 2025. Uh... But, yes, I mean, it, it's one of the reasons why I think you feel pretty good about the Brewers' farm system. Uh, there's a nice mix here of A-ball, double-A AA talent, triple-A talent. You, you love to specifically see that double-A AA and triple-A talent uh, populate the top 30 prospect list. Gives you an indication how ready some of these players are becoming. Uh, but I would think in the case of Jackson, he's 18 years old. Like, this is this is the time he's really getting his feet wet in professional baseball, trying to get a routine down, seeing A-ball pitching, uh, to make that jump from A-ball to the major leagues, that is unheard of, uh, especially in today's day and age. But an 18-year-old, certainly a name to keep an eye on, uh, but I would argue not ready for prime time, at least not yet. He will be, we certainly hope. As for today's game, things went a little crazy in the fifth inning for the Brewers. looked like Aaron Ashby was going to be able to get out of that inning. Four and two-thirds, his final line, none of his runs earned, however, largely due to a, I, just a, a mishandling of the baseball by Colton Wong at second base on a fielder's choice opportunity. Uh, originally, if you listen to the radio broadcast, uh, the air was given to Willie Adamas, uh, I think ultimately corrected and properly corrected to Colton Wong. It's how Craig Council begins his post-game talking about that play that opened the floodgates for the Red Sox.
4: I think it's... I think it's a tough catch. It's uh, a, a player on the run making a, you know, 50-foot throw, and it's just kind of at your ankles. Um, you know, tough play, hope to make it. How do you describe
0: kind of everything that happened after that with, you know, the all
4: the doubles in a row? Yeah, I mean, they they had some good at-bats and, um, you know, hit some balls in the right spots, um, hit some balls good, um, and did a, did a nice job. What do you think about Ashby today? I, I mean, I thought Ash pitched well. I mean, I thought the first four innings were were very good. Um, you know, we had a chance to get him out of the fifth after the first two guys got on even. Um, so good day. It just, you know, they did a nice job kind of late in the start. With Hunter, the,
0: the hits, do you feel like these were kind of coming? He's been hitting the ball hard lately. A lot of I
4: mean, them. he's been swinging it pretty good. Yeah. So.
0: How does that change your lineup when
4: you're getting that that power from there, home runs from there? I mean, Hunter's done a really nice. Just since the All Star break, he's just, you know, we've gotten men on base and he's hitting home runs. So, you know, he's he's a power hitter and he's in one of those stretches where seeing the ball really well and and driving the ball and hitting the ball hard a lot. You want to win
3: them all, obviously, but satisfied taking two or three.
4: well, you know, you, you want to win today's game, and, um, you know, we had a chance. You know, I thought that getting out of the, the, the third with Narvaez, the double play with Narvaez, with a chance to kind of expand the lead a little bit there. Um, but, they, you know, he got out of the jam, and he did a nice job getting a ground ball there. So it's two out of three and move on to the next series. Yeah, that
1: next series will be against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It begins Tuesday night. Uh, got some nuggets here from baseball insider John Heyman. If you follow him, he is following all things trade deadline. Uh, it says teams have been calling on Josh Hader, but no indication that he is available. The reason teams are calling on Josh Hader is because of how Devin Williams is going right now. I would argue even because of Brad Boxberger. And it's just been a tumultuous month here for Josh Hader. 12-54 uh, ERA in the month of July I I think the the days of Josh Hader's struggles are are closer to being in the rearview mirror than they are perpetuating. Uh, But nonetheless, teams have started knocking on the door, just wondering if the Brewers might be willing to part with their all-star closer. Also, Heyman indicates the Brewers were in on Andrew Benatendi and had discussions about acquiring the all-star outfielder from the Royals. And a guy like that, I was on his name uh, for a long time. Just a perfect fit if you look at the way he plays the game and his versatility. Uh, But the Brewers also, according to Heyman, are in discussions on acquiring Joey Gallo. Big bat, high strikeout volume, uh, can certainly turn a game over in a minute, and it's uh, got some good defensive prowess as well. It's going to be an interesting next 48 hours. There is no doubt about that. We'll run you through the highlights of today's game coming up on the other side. We continue with Brewers Extra Innings after this. Those who've built ready for this, get up this, get up! and this. Get Goal! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Greg Matzik. Aaron Ashby on the mound for the Brewers, Josh Winkowski for the Red Sox. It's game three of the three-game series afternoon affair from Fenway Park. Game was scoreless until the second. Colton Wong hit a one-out double to left center. Set in the stage for one of the hottest Brewers hitters, Hunter Renfro.
0: Renfro at the plate. Facing Winkowski. Swing and a fly ball deep left. This one's got a chance. Gone. Boy, that got out in the blink of an eye for Hunter Renfro. Another two-run Homer form is 19th of the season.
1: 2-0 Brew Crew. Renfro's sixth home run in his last nine games, four for four on the day. He was the shining star for the Brewers on offense. It looked like Aaron Ashby would be the shining star for the Brewers pitching staff today. He was gliding through the first couple of innings of this game. Into the third, he would strike out the side, getting Xander Bogarts to end the inning.
0: Swing and a miss, and Aaron Ashby strikes out Xander Bogarts. Three strikeouts in a 1-2-3, bottom of the third. Another ortho-ASAP strikeout. He has five already
1: this afternoon. Brewers' next best scoring opportunity came in the fourth inning. Andrew McCutcheon singled to center. Colton Wong would fly out to right field, setting the stage for Renfro, who hit a single to left. The runners on first and second for Luis Arias, who was hit by a pitch. That loaded the bases with one out for Omar Narvaez.
0: So Narvaez stands in there, and the first pitch to him. First pitch swing, ground ball to first. To second for one, back to first in time, and it is a 4 6 Three, I should say 3-6-3, three, three, double play.
1: Yeah, Rally killer is the best way to describe it. Forget about the numbers as the Brewers go down without putting runs on the board. Uh, painless fourth inning for Ashby, who would come out to work the fifth. That's where things got a little haywire here in today's game. Ashby allowed a walk. Gary Sanchez grounded into a fielder's choice to third. Uh, Arroyo was safe at second. Uh, it was a, a tough play by Willie Adamas. The throw was low. For Colton Wong to handle, ultimately Wong charged with an error. Uh, It would have been the second out of the inning. Instead, you had the runner safe at the base. Jackie Bradley Jr. then bunted into a fielder's choice, and Sanchez was safe at second. Arroyo was out at third. Okay, had a liner out to left field to make it a two-out situation. Looked like the Brewers were going to get out of the inning, and that's when the doubles fest began. Two
0: and two, Ashby checks his runners and throws. Swain a line
1: drive down the left
0: field line. It's a fair ball and in the corner. One run is in. Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be sent around. He's going to score, and Xander Bogarts has
1: tied the game with a two-run double. Moments later, the Red Sox had their first lead of the series courtesy of J.D. Martinez. Here's the pitch.
0: And a swing a liner down the right field line. It's a fair ball, and the Red Sox are going to have the lead. Bogarts scores the throw into second base. Not in time. J.D. Martinez legs out a double. Next up, Christian Vasquez. Pitch home. Swing a ground ball first base. Under the glove of Rowdy Telez. Martinez scores. Vasquez into
1: second base. 4-2 Boston. Yeah, tough chance for Telez, but not a hard hit ball. Still, it goes down as a double in the scorebook. That would end the day for Aaron Ashby. Hobie Milner entered. He struggled in his previous outing in Boston, and the struggle has continued right away. Second base. Verdugo flips one down the left field line. That's a fair ball and off the monster. Verdugo digging into second base. It's four straight doubles for Boston. Four straight doubles for Boston, as you heard Jeff mention. By the time the inning ended, they owned a 5-2 lead. All of those runs unearned. They would tack on a couple of more on a series of doubles in the sixth inning off Hobie Miller and Yandel Duskave. Meanwhile, the Brewers' offense was stuck in neutral. Their seventh inning, down 1-2-3. Eighth inning, down 1-2-3. In the ninth, Hunter Renfro tried to keep things moving in the right direction.
0: Stretch and pitch from Davis. Swing and a line drive. Four for four for Hunter Renfro as he lines a bullet to left. Good day for Hunter Renfro. Five hits in his last six at-bats for the Brewers right fielder.
1: Luis Arias would follow with a single of his own to put runners on first and second. But Victor Caratini flied out to center. Tyrone Taylor lined out to right, leaving Christian Yelich as the last chance opportunity for the crew. 0-2.
0: Swing a bouncer to second base. Up with it. Sanchez. He throws out Yelich. The ball game is over. Red Sox salvage one in the series. The Brewers take two out of three here at Fenway Park, and it's off to Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Seven to the final.
1: Aaron Ashby takes the loss. He falls to two and nine, four and two-thirds innings pitch for Aspie. Ashby. Five hits, five runs, none of them earned, however. 91 pitches for Ashby, 54 of them for strikes. Josh Winkowski picks up the win for Boston. Five innings pitched, seven hits, two earned runs allowed. 65 pitches for Winkowski. Uh, The bullpen did just enough to close out today's game. 7-2 the final. We'll wrap up the program with some final thoughts after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ring the bell on another home run by Hunter Renfro. Even when it's not red kettle season, you can still help the Salvation Army step up to the plate with love beyond the bases this baseball season. Donate now and ring the bell at SalvationArmy.org. No game for the Brewers tomorrow. Brewers Extra Innings picks up following Tuesday night's game against the Pirates game, one of a three-game series. Good news regarding Freddie Peralta. He will join the team in Pittsburgh. There is no scheduled starter for Saturday's game against the Reds. It's unclear if Peralta will come back and start right away with a pitch count or maybe even come out of the bullpen for Craig Council. We shall see, but Freddie Peralta will be joining the brewers here for the month of august out of time tonight thank you for being a part of our program thanks to jerry augustine as well for evan watalison our producer i'm greg matzik saying have a good night on wtmj